Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. Hello, everyone. This is Sarah from Let's Talk Supply Chain, and I am here at TPM with Jeremy Nixon of ONE or ONE, and I am asking him all of your questions that you sent me during Listener's Corner over the last couple of weeks. Now, the first question is, where do you see the most potential for improving sustainable logistics operations at sea? And that question came from David Weaver. Back to really, obviously, the carriers to run good, sustainable, good line of services. But the two challenges that we face generally are either weather-related or related to particular problems within the port location. So let's take the weather. Um, we do a lot of predictive analysis on weather. Uh, we try to work out the best routing of the cargo to miss out on some of the big wave patterns and some of the big depressions and storm systems moving around. But I think we have to face the fact, unfortunately, that uh, we really do have an issue with weather becoming more extreme. Whether it's uh, recently we, what we witnessed in North America with extremely cold winter, the impact that had not just on the rail operations, but also on the port areas. But also in Asia, for example, last year, in 2018, we had 18 uh, typhoons. And uh, somewhere like the port of Shanghai, which is accounting for about 50% of the trade coming across to North America, we saw an outages, uh, very significant outages due to closure of the port area. So in August, for example, eight days of the whole of August were taken out due to port closure. And that mounted up to about 27 days between April and uh, August. So we have to work through these weather challenges. We have to be uh, very slick in terms of advancing vessels or trying to find other solutions. But weather will continue to be an issue for ocean uh, logistics for a long time to come, unfortunately. And does, do you think that has to do with climate change? I think it certainly has to do with climate change. Of course, it's very political about what's causing climate change, but I think without doubt, we are seeing a much more significant variation uh, in the weather patterns. We're seeing higher wave heights, we're seeing stronger winds, we're seeing more intense winter depressions, we're seeing more typhoons, and that is all to do with the changes that are going on in, in the wider weather patterns. Okay, great. So our next question comes from Angie Reno, and she asks, why is there a lack of transparency in container allocation management, even from the point of a ship's christening and its first voyage? Well, I think in terms of allocation management, of course, we're running services 52 weeks of the year. One of the challenges we have is that the cargo doesn't flow evenly over those 52 weeks. We have a number of specific production holidays in certain parts of Asia. We have certain holidays, of course, here in North America. And, of course, we have seasonality to do with weather, about how products sell and how they need to move in the supply chain. So what we try to do is to have a very clear understanding with the customer over the 52 weeks about how their product's going to flow. And then we work on a continuous process of updating every six weeks on the very latest forecasts, and we build that into an allocation model. So we have a specific allocation by customer, by, by ship, and that links back to space on the ship, but also equipment availability. 
And I think we've made some good advances in that area. Of course, the, uh, all the industry was challenged during the uh, October, November, December period with the tariff advancement, where essentially we were trying to move suddenly 20% more freight, where effectively the ship sides are still made of steel, not made of rubber. So we have to try and work and flex that. But I think, as uh, my, in the case of my own company, I can say that we are really working at quite advanced solutions now on space management control. Okay. Awesome. I think Angie is going to be very happy with your answer on that one. So next we're taking a little bit of a side note and we're going to be talking about diversity. So Ellen Bois, she is the president of Women in Trucking and she sent me an email and wanted to ask specifically what you guys are doing um, in regards to diversity. So how are you focused on a more diverse workforce? Well, first of all, um, we have about 10,500 employees uh, globally. And uh, our female employees are actually more female employees than male employees. And really? uh, yeah, wow. and uh, okay. so we need to, to recognize that in terms of our uh, employment, but also in terms of our advancement of our staff and give, give people more opportunities. And I have to say that uh, I'm not satisfied today with the, uh, the number of senior uh, female managers we have in our organization. But I think we're on a path to correct that over time. And uh, we have a lot of very, very capable uh, female managers in our teams, which I think are making good progress. And we can hopefully help to advance and improve their career patterns and make us much more diverse as a company going forward. Because shipping has historically been seen as uh, old male <laughs> dominant. And uh, we need to change that and uh, really work with that, those new HR systems and work with those staff to try and encourage them to take more senior positions in our company. Yeah, and bring a lot more, you know, maybe mentorship from the women in the organization that have hit those senior levels, or even have men in your organization sort of champion that and be mentors to those women to help them with that pathway into that senior level. So you've heard it right here, Jeremy Nixon, wants to have more senior women in his organization. Okay, so one last question, and it comes from Ray Sims on Twitter. Where do you reduce emissions and improved fuel economy? Where does that fit into the carrier's strategy and the priorities? Well, in two ways. I mean, first of all, we really do need to move towards uh, zero emissions, carbon emissions as a long-term objective. And uh, the first hurdle we have to get over is in 2020, when we will start using the low sulfur fuel. And low sulfur fuel is great for taking uh, socks and NOx oxides out of the atmosphere, but it doesn't do anything really for the carbon footprint. So we have to look at new technologies going forward in 225 and onwards, that when we're building our new vessels, we're looking at something which is a, a much lower carbon footprint. Um, LNG is one solution, but frankly, LNG will only reduce the carbon footprint by about 15%. So I think we have to go past that, and we have to look at uh, hydrogen, we have to look at fuel cell technology, and we have to really stretch the boundaries and bring in a lot of experts and technology and knowledge from other industries to really bring shipping and help us to develop really sustainable ships for the future. So I think that that's a key part. Meantime, in the short term, of course, we're focused on trying to reduce the amount of fuel we're using. That makes sense for the customer, makes sense for the environment, makes sense for us as well in terms of our cost pattern. And so we're designing ships now, even though they are still using fossil fuels, which are using 40-50% less fuel today than they were six, seven years ago. That's a question of using larger ships, but also more efficient engines and also deploying the ships 
from a weather routing standpoint and managing the speed so we're much more efficient. Great. Well, that is Jeremy Nixon from One and myself, Sarah, from Let's Talk Supply Chain, all the way from Long Beach at TPM. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you so much.